The DL Debate with Sister Sarah's Letterkenny, serving food you'll love till 9pm daily in Sarah's Kitchen. And there's free admission entertainment every weekend. Check this. Welcome, welcome, one and all. Kevin Fury's laughing at me here. He's throwing a few ships there. Uh, what do you think, Kevin? There's a few moves still in there. The old deal debate jingle. You can thank Osh and Kelly for that one. Listen, to, folks, thanks so much for tuning in. Thank you, Michaela, for the news. And the legend that is Avon Borland and the power are plus. And, of course, I've got another legend of a DJ here, Kevin Fury, producing the show this evening. And, of course, Avon's pictures up in the hall there, Kevin. We're, we haven't got there yet. Maybe, maybe someday there'll be... That might happen. Uh, it'll happen for you before it'll happen for me, I would imagine, uh, Kevin. Coming up on tonight's show, I'm going to sh- uh, if you have a few words from uh, Donegal boss Maxi Kern after yesterday's tough defeat in the All-Ireland uh, Ladies uh, Senior Quarter Finals. We'll also hear from Eamor Gallagher, uh, who gives a great insight into the future of Donegal, even in the depth of that defeat, uh, a lovely uh, chat to Imer, uh, and she gave us her views on the, the hopes for the future. And on that future, uh, our minor ladies footballers are playing Leitrim and Listen Ski this Wednesday evening through on 7.30 uh, at All-Ireland semi-final. A huge game for them against Leitrim. Get along there and support the girls if you can. On the other huge games at the weekend, I'll be speaking shortly with Monaghan legend Paul Finley and top GA correspondent Jason Byrne. Paddy Bradley couldn't make it the season. His weekend rolled in from Sunday to Monday. I suppose he's due that, the Derry boys licking their runs a wee bit. So uh, Paddy wasn't able to make it this evening. Uh, we'll talk to the two boys on just what happened with Derry and Monaghan. Listen, we all expected the big two in Ireland uh, to beat in this All-Ireland final, but they certainly hadn't got it their own way. Real gutsy stuff uh, from Monaghan and uh, Derry. Uh, and the local scene here at the weekend, Senior Hurling uh, Group, Satanta aged out Bert by four points. Bert missed a few of the main men too, Liam McKinney and Ronan McDermott. Um, closing the gap a small bit, maybe on Satanta, who seemed a far away away uh, a few seasons ago. So Bert uh, coming back, Connor Garland hitting uh, 10 points for them. Satanta's Jared Gilmer, as often as the case, was a standout player on the pitch. Hitting nine points for the Satanta men. Burnt play St. Eunice next. Satanta play Boncrana. Uh, but as I say, first we're going to look back to yesterday's uh, game in Bala Buffet. And uh, I caught up with boss Maxi Kern after the match. And he gave us an honest assessment of the game and the season that was. Maxi, it's been a season of highs and lows for Donegal ladies. But going up short against Dublin here. A very talented Dublin side today in this All-Ireland quarterfinal. Yeah, look, we were, uh, yeah, as you say, we just came up short. You know, we... Um, uh, we knew we were up against a very formidable opponent and um, they definitely had uh, brought their A game today and they put us to the sword. You know, they were very physical and it was a very intense battle and you know, definitely something our girls haven't come up against before and, you know, uh, referee today is known for, for letting it go and I think that you know, that definitely should have done because they brought, um, they really brought the fire and we weren't able to match it and, um, and I think that 
you know, really blunted our forward lane and our ability to get scores and you know they picked us off then on the counter. So listen, hats off, best team won today by a mile. And Max, yes, a, a Dublin side of course been in eight of the last nine All Ireland finals, so they're thereabouts every time. We went through we would have a, a rebuild this season, you got players back, you know, at half time, uh, Katie and Karen come on, we give it a bit of a go at the start of the second half, you know, there was fight there. But then the day she said that Dublin team very well drilled defensively. It was like a two on one every time we came inside and then the pace that they broke with was phenomenal. Yeah, look, you know, hugely athletic, and um, you know they've kind of changed, I suppose, their way of playing this last couple of years. They've gone for these real athletes, and um, you know they've uh, the they, they are look they're as you say very well coached, you know, um, well able to defend, and which by whichever means fair or foul, you know, and uh, you know what I mean that in the most respectful way. You know, they just don't let you in, and look, we all coach that in, in terms of trying to get our team play like that, but you know they they definitely have achieved it, and, and look, hats off them as full value for the victory. Yeah, and and Max, I suppose. A lot of things had to go right for us today. You come into the game, you know, Geraldine was back. She obviously couldn't, uh, you know, get into the team. Uh, Tanya Kennedy heading away and, and those players. You know, if, if you had those couple of players involved, would it have meant any difference here today? Ah, uh, Look, I don't know. Um, and, and maybe a wee bit maybe disrespectful to Dublin or they were just far superior today. You know, I, I don't think it's having them today would have been the... the the big thing it was maybe having them around for a while where you had time to train like it just doesn't the magic just doesn't happen on the day you have to work hard and prepare for these things and you know we've been up and down all season in terms of who we had available and you know and injuries one thing another and but look as you said look it was an absolute uh, it was a roller coaster it was a uh, a huge privilege to be involved with that group you know we have some young girls came in there and they were just absolutely amazing and you know and they, they, they can see the year out with their head held very high and um, and that's all you can ask of, of, of your players is to, is to give their level best and give everything and, and, and our girls did that so listen that's, uh, that's the greatest compliment I can pay them Yeah and five years yourself uh, Maxie at the helm you've put in some time to Donegal football C- can you just kind of give us an overview of this season because you know you blotted a lot of uh, youth in the league it was a real tough league the relegation but then we come back one Ulster and, and make it the All-Ireland quarter final what's your, what's your overview of the season? Ah, look, you know, we've ended the year with a trophy, you know, which we, we didn't do last year. We got to a league final and a all-around semi-final and we had no silverware. So, look, the girls are able to finish up the year with a medal in their pocket, which is which is always lovely. But, you know, I think the other side of it is, I think we've left we've left the team in a good place going forward. You know, there's seven or eight young girls there, you know, 21 and below, that uh, will be the backbone of this team for years to come. Yeah, look, there are a couple of older you know, states ladies will call them, you know, that um, their days are, are coming to an end and, you know, and that's always sad. Um, but listen, that's that's what that's what happens every team. You know, you go into a transition and, you know, on cycles and uh, there's a new one coming from Donegal with a minor team in an all semi-final on Wednesday night. And, um, you know, and that's the future now. And look, I think we have to really tip our hat and, and, and bow our heads down to the to the, to the the service that some of the older guards have given and uh, clap them on the back if they decide to ride off into the sunset because, they've, you know, they've earned that right to do so and you know we just get excited and get behind the younger group now and try and support them and you know get them to a level where they're able to get to quarterfinals and semi-finals in the years ahead um, because I say this group of I think that's our fifth of all our quarterfinal in a row or something you know so it, look they've done their bit and you know everybody as I say today you can hold their heads up high in terms of their effort we, we didn't get over the line and look you, sometimes you just come up against a superior opponent on the day and I think that's what happened yeah, very honest assessment there from Maxie Kern and he said those players certainly deserve a clap in the back for, for everything they've done from Donegal and uh, uh, someone who has been in the trenches now a, a while herself, Emer Gower, she gave us his words after the game. 
Remember, we're in Balbafay pitch here after another one of our Dublin Donegal sagas. We come up short this time, unfortunately. Yeah, and you know, as disappointing as it is, you know, we have to hold our heads high. Like they were a fantastic team, and you know, they really came out with a sense of vengeance today after last year, and um, they definitely took their chances whenever they were on. We just couldn't uh, stop them whenever the goal chances were there. So yeah, and f- favourites for the All Ireland, and of course, we had this topsy turvy season. You know, with the relegation, a lot of new players, and they got some of the cavalry back and won all you know beat me so a lot, lot of highs and lows in the season but that, that team today weren't going to be beaten that's it and like I suppose if you were to say to us at the end of the league this year that we'd be contesting an All-Ireland quarter final like it wouldn't have been in our wildest dreams like even at that stage you know our main goal was avoiding relegation and not falling down to intermediate championship so to come out from that uh, to win Ulster to beat the All-Ireland champions um, you know in, in Meath uh, two weeks ago and you know to give Dublin a fair enough run for their money today it, it has been a really positive season whenever you're thinking like that and like I have to say um, if you look at the 16 and 17 year olds in our team that have stood up and played against some of the top players in the country over this whole season they've just really held their own and I think there's a very very positive future in store for Donegal football Yeah and we just mentioned you know the the opening period of the game the pace that Dublin were breaking at you know we had plenty of possession but we were finding it hard to punch holes in them and then when they come up the other end of the pitch they seemed to be able to get that extra player in around the back Uh, there was that wee kick at the start of the second half uh, where we we came at them uh, and we had an unfortunate turnover and he broke up the pitch and just at that point I felt the crowd was getting behind us a wee bit and there seemed to be that wee bit of a kick but it didn't materialise yeah that's it and like I think at half time whenever we went inside we were definitely you know playing a bit too safe um, you know each of us were doing our man marking jobs and we were just solely focused on that um, but they were just being more physical than we were being and you know whenever there was a 50-50 break you know they were winning all of those 50-50 breaks so we had to make a decision in the second half either we were going to go for it um, or that we were just going to play safe and we weren't going to win the game by playing safe so at the end of the day there's no difference in getting beat by one point or 12 points and um, that's the, the choice that we took and unfortunately we did leak goals then because of that but I don't think any of us will regret that like we had to give it our, our best foot forward and like nobody is playing games football to just play safe like you have to go out and try and win no matter what the consequences and I don't think that the scoreline reflects maybe certain periods of the match today whenever we really brought it to them but their physicality definitely gave us a lesson today and um, I think you know as the game went on we definitely became more physical but I think you know it was it's probably a bit too late then. Yeah, and just looking to the future, you're out here with all these young young girls and, and wee boys. And fair play, you've been very kind with your time. You're signing autographs. You're happy now that that not only this age group, but the, but the young players that are on the team. There's there's a good future for Donegal. Absolutely, and you know I probably wouldn't have thought the same at the start of this year. Like even whenever I came back in late December, there probably was maybe a, a seven or eight year age gap between me and the next player, which is never a nice place to be as one of the senior players, of course. But you know we did so, sort of slowly ensure come back but um, these young girls were forced into position that you know maybe wouldn't have other counties wouldn't have players in that maybe for three or four more years and like they've had to learn on their feet they've had to learn how to play senior football there's been no adjustment period for them whatsoever you know you're looking at like even Abigail and Kitty Dowds like I know we keep speaking about these two girls but these are two girls that are just out of under 16 football never mind minor football and you know they've just had to to just been thrown in the deep end and learn on their feet and you know what a year they've had but you know there's there's other players there that you also have to you know call out like even the likes of Nicole McLaughlin there you know girls that are being called back you 
year after year whenever they're sort of half of a decision made that maybe they're not coming back but just that love that they have for the county jersey you know it has always been there so like i think it's really important you know to give those girls the credit as well when it's year after year and you know the the excitement maybe isn't there as much anymore but your love for the jersey is and you know that's a real credit is those girls that are coming back when the chips are down when they think that their their time is up but yet they don't want to leave these young girls to do it by themselves but i think at this stage whenever you're looking at the future donegal and you know what we're leaving behind you know i'm really really hopeful for you know what's coming down the line as well and how these girls have coped in, in the year that we've had they've just been immense Yes, Amber Geller there for a play there. Lovely to talk there after the match. And now we turn our attention to the All-Ireland semi-finals from the weekend. I'm joined, I'm delighted to say I'm joined by Top Sports columnist with the Sun and proud Killy, Killy Beggs man, Jason Byrne. Jason, welcome to the show. Hi, TV. How are you? Oh, tearing away, my man, tearing away. I'm, I'm glad to say you said this was a good full forward line when you texted me earlier. We're joined by the Bally Bay bomber, Paul Finley. How are you, Paul? Good, Brandon. Not a bother, thanks. Paul, you didn't have any nicknames to get. No, that would have been a good one for you, the Bally Bay Bomber. I can, I, I can see that, that big boom in the left footage. I don't know who you're referring to as Bomber, if it's the Bomber listener or, or somebody <laughs> else you have in your mind. But, um, no, Jap, Jap is, is as much as it went for me. I'm sure you heard that one yeah, bandied about the place. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. I did, I did, I did, I did, surely. Tell me, um, I was just wondering, uh, uh, lads, from the weekend there, of course, we'll start with Monaghan, Paul, Paul and yourself. And, uh, you know, the script for the weekend was certainly torn up in many ways by, by both sides. I, I know in Monaghan talking to a lot of friends, of course, Killian Lavelle's a cousin of mine and, and the O'Dowds and all that. You know, Monaghan were going up there, they won the match. I'd seen you messaging, there was a bit up about yourself and Desi Moan and that. It was the only belief for this game was inside Monaghan, but certainly for the first hour of that game, that belief, you know, you was well trusted in terms of the team and how they applied themselves. I uh, without a doubt, um, look, it, it's for us all to to chat about the you know the odds and and you know what's the chances. But I, I have no doubt that you know Vinnie Corey's mind was set on a win, and he, he had instilled that in the team. You could you could see the way they went about their business, and they had only one thing on their mind. Um, look, an awful lot. I I I was quoted as saying an awful lot had to go right for Monaghan uh, to, in order to, for them to topple Dublin. Um, one of the things being, you know, that they would have to bring an absolutely brilliant performance, and the dubs would have to be somewhat off. I think Monaghan did bring a, a pretty huge performance, um, and you know, to, to their credit, you know, just probably in the first twenty minutes, just could have done, could have got more on the board. You know, there was a couple of scoring opportunities there that just didn't come off. Um, a couple of goal opportunities for Conor McCarthy and Ray McInnesby that on another day, you know, they, they, they hit the back of the net, and I felt even what in the game when they didn't they, they, they didn't go I, I sort of felt geez, these, these are the things we need to be uh, going our way today in order to get the win and sure enough it came to the end and it was we were still right in it but you know just level pegging with Dublin just wasn't enough and they, they were able to you know finish the stronger so you know I, I have full belief that the lads went up you know expecting to win expecting to, to, to get over the, 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 the hurdle of, of Dublin whereas everybody else you know maybe felt it was a Everybody else outside Monaghan were maybe looking at the bookies, were looking at the media, you know, Monaghan written off, but it suited them. It suited Monaghan, mm. um, you know, going into the game that way. And But the, a few of us, like, while I didn't expect Monaghan to win, 
I felt that if they delivered a huge performance, you know, they could they could come close, and you know, I suppose that's what they did in the end. Mm. Interesting, Jason. You know, what Paul's talking about there with the goal chances. There's the feeling that there was going to be a strong finish from Dublin. You know, that was the expectancy. So, in his heart, he was thinking Monaghan probably would need a, maybe a five point lead or something to get at half time to stem that inevitable tide that did come. Was, was that your feeling throughout the game? Were you, were you impressed by how much uh, Monaghan stayed in the match and how many holes they were punching? And I suppose the way they took the game to Dublin. Yeah, they were just they were just fearless, Brendan, and fairness. Like, and as Paul said, just those those goal chances. Like, you you really need them going in against against the Dublin team in Croke Park. But, like, they caused Dublin so many problems. And, and you know, Dublin looked lost at times in terms of what Monaghan were bringing to the table and just that sheer intensity. Like you know, Dublin were looked completely a shadow of themselves. It was the team that hammered Mayo in the All Ireland quarterfinals, and you know, like everyone expected that, you know, third quarter press that Dublin put on to to come, and Monaghan got through that, and you know, it was really, really game on coming down the stretch. And but like it must be so demoralising when when the tanks kind of coming close to empty, and there's ten minutes to go, and next thing, Kieran Kilkenny lands in, and Dean Rock lands in, and Jack McCarthy lands in, and then. Brian Fenton just takes the game by the scruff of the neck and Rock gets that scrappy goal. I definitely think the seven points flattered Dublin. Um, you know, mm. no way was there seven points between the teams. Absolutely not a chance. And like it's just Monaghan just ran out of gas. Like and it's you know, it's so hard to but it's so hard to just stay with Dublin for that long. But Monaghan did that and they were just so unlucky to for it to kind of unravel near the end. Like, but you know, Monaghan's big performers as always like we're just outstanding like then you know Conor McManus and there's been a lot of commentary on whether he'll stay or will he go but you know everyone in Monaghan will be praying these days like because it was just another absolute masterclass for for him it's you know it's a joy to watch this man playing football and you know it would be an awful shame if we weren't watching him playing for Monaghan again next year because he's still right up there in that elite level at the age that he is and Please God, he sticks around, and I'm sure I'm sure Paul will agree. And um, yeah, like they've they've so much hope going into next year. Like you know, this was only Vinnie Corey's first year. No one would have said in a million years that Monaghan would get to another Ireland semi final. But just the resilience that they have that came from staying in Division One, and then you know all these big clutch moments. Like clutch seemed to be the buzzword around Monaghan this year. You know, in terms of beating Tyrone with the last minute goal and getting through the group stages and then the penalty shootout went over Armagh. They just never know when they're beaten. And, you know, Vinny's only in year one. They've so much to look forward to. You know, Bugsy, Malone, Dermot had them in a All-Ireland minor final. And, um, you know, hopefully like the likes of McManus and none of the rest of them kind of decide to call the day because they, they have a massive 2024 to look forward to despite the disappointment and despite the fact that they fully went to Crook Park believing they would beat Dublin and that showed in their football and it's just it's an awful shame they never got there but you know it's hugely exciting for them going forward I think Yeah, exciting surely Paul, listen Jason makes a couple of good points there you know McManus and, and his effect I mean it's it's the same as Michael Murphy here you know I'd, I'd count them two things similar in, in terms of his effect on the squad and the team and his ability and match play um, but listen, Jason was saying, you know, survived Division 1 again, you know, the second half against Tyrone, the rematch against Derry, there's the thing with Monaghan about, you know, a wee bit of an axe to grind with, with teams, you know, the Donegal defeat, you know, was hard to fathom, then you come back and, and beat Armagh, so what Jason's on about there, you know, Vinnie Corey and, and of course his brother Martin, her, her highly regarded coach, there seemed to be a lot of learning from Monaghan this year, you know, there was highs and lows in it, but certainly huge pro- 
progression and on the back of the of the miners coming through, you know, there's a great buzz in modern football currently. There certainly is, and you know, the, the, the expectations were low because Vinny was appointed late, and you know, there, there was this feeling that the, the 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 team was really going into transition, and you know. While Connor and and Darren and these fellas, Carol O'Connell, were, had all stayed on, you just we, we were sort of questioning the, the the effect that they would be able to have uh, on the game and at the the, the top level um, that the game is. So th- these guys all, you know, came to, came perfectly managed. It must be said by Vinny, like you know what what a first series after having like so. He's got so many things right. You know, he's been he's, he hasn't been afraid to make big calls. Maybe leave the Lecca Connor Darren sitting on the on the bench when he felt the time was right, um, and he's he's he, he ran into a few bad performances and then was was able to get the team to adapt both defensive or, or both um, tactically and and you know just just train it you know move move the the game on and getting lads to lift their play like there I go back to the semi final the Ulster semi final versus Derry and. Monaghan were way off at that day. Like, you know, Derry had them beaten, you know, maybe 25 minutes into the game. Like, they were six or seven up and Monaghan were so sort of void of anything that you would associate with them normally, you know, really intense and, you know, getting in Derry's faces, etc. So, they obviously had to dress themselves down and, and look at that performance and they certainly come back to Celtic Park a few weeks later and, you know, put an awful lot of things right. And, um, you know, that's when their season took off again. And, um, you know, you talk about all those clutch moments. You know, it's 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 just a really good sign of a team that just you know come out with performances like that and come out with victories. You know, when when defeat looks sort of you know that it's on the cards and you know you know teams can can sort of just go go off like you know lesser teams and lesser players will just maybe accept defeat on some of those days when you know they've sort of said, oh well, you know what, we've regained our status in Division One, we found our way through the group, and you know maybe a, a defeat to kill there. But the the, the never say day attitude was instilled by Corey and. You know that's that is Vinny in a nutshell. Like he, I played with him for a long time, and you know that is he. He believed in himself every day he went out. He, there was nothing could phase Vinny Corey. Like he, he, he took on all the big players down his career, and he, he more often than not had had good days on them. And you can see that in his team as well. He, he's uh, he's really has them steeled. Um, and then as I said, they're very good tactically, and were able to adapt and change. You know, game to game and. You know, right up to 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 the, to the the match on Saturday evening. You know, there was a few unexpected calls. I went into the ground myself, not expecting to see Kieran Hughes start, and possibly not. I wasn't expecting Conor McManus to start. Mm. You know, but he he just went with his big players, the guys that he you know knows well down the years, and he he went with them from the start, knowing that Monaghan needed a big one, and if they were, they're going to win the game, they needed a big uh, performance from all those guys, and. He couldn't afford to leave them on the line. So, you know, it's, it's just all these calls. You know, Connor having such an effect and an and influence on, on both, you know, the Armagh game and um, the game on Saturday. Carl O'Connell playing such good football this year. Uh, Darren still being the warhorse that he uh, that he always has been. He's just really, really positive. Uh, the question is on everybody's lips, is there more for those guys to give? I've been sort of thinking that we can't expect any more from these fellas over the last couple of seasons and yet they keep on giving and keep coming back to give more. Um, and I'm not going to write them off uh, this evening either because although they're probably not even thinking about it right now, they're off having a good time somewhere, I hope, and having a few beers. Um, you know, they'll they let the, the, the winter settle in and, you know, I'm sure Vinny will have a few conversations with them and, you know, he'll give them plenty of time to make the, the, the calls for themselves. But as you say, lads, it, it, it is positive for Monon. It bodes well. 
Um, really strong management team in place now in their first season. I'm sure they look forward to next season and maybe making some more changes and bringing some players in. And with the minors coming on as well, like they're a few years away with with the, the 17s. But the, the even for those fellas, seeing Monaghan at senior level playing in All Ireland semi final, it, it can only give them great impetus to want to stay involved and to keep, to keep doing the things that they need to be doing to 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 make sure that they're playing at a senior level. And yeah, it, it is very positive for Monaghan, but. Um, you know, it, it is hard to get away from the fact that you, you don't want to be coming across like, oh, didn't we do well to get to an All-Ireland semi-final? Yeah. I can assure you, Vinnie Corey will be will be thinking of how can we actually win an All-Ireland title over the next you know four or five years. And, you know, that's where his mindset will be. Yeah, well, it's good even to have that mindset. I like it, uh, Paul, indeed. Um, I'm just looking at these. Was it still, uh, Jason, a, a game that was built more on defence? And even though the two teams... In Monaghan went about them. You know, we, we talk about the magic 20 point mark to one at Crow Park. I mean, Dublin got to that. Monaghan were in 13. I suppose it was the other end of the pitch, actually, maybe Dublin defending. Maybe that we hadn't maybe given enough credit for in terms as a, as a group and individually. Because really, I suppose Wiley and Basquiat and, 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 you know, Mannion, Duffy, you know, Connor Killian, Killian, the Velfoy, and even, even Mohan and Fenton, like, Bonham were, were, were uh, I suppose, stopping uh, the lifeblood of a lot of the uh, Dublin attacks, but it, it's maybe at the other end of the pitch where Dublin's defending was maybe the actual foundation for this game. Yeah, it's a good point, Brenton. You know, the Dublin forwards get a lot of the kudos and that, but they can defend as good as anybody, like, you know, um, like in terms of dropping bodies back. But just just as, as a general point, like I'm just highlighted in the Sunday game last night as well, you know, Michael Fitzsimmons has just been... Absolutely outstanding for them at full back once again. Uh, you know, I think he's just been, you know, James McCarthy's getting a lot of the limelight as well, and rightly so, for what he's doing around the middle of the field and what he's doing driving forward. But, you know, Mike Fitzsimmons has just been super and Davey Byrne uh, alongside him as well. You know, and Owen Merchant's got a great engine on him as well. Like sometimes the matchups can go against him in terms of size and that kind of troubled Dublin early on when he was kind of coming up against Aidan O'Shea in the quarter final against Mayo. But, you know, that that Dublin defence. John Small is just an absolute warrior as well. You know, he always picks up the token yellow card and he's always kind of on the nice with the referees. But, you know, God, you'd love to have him in your team every day you go out. Like, he's he's just outstanding. Like, and because he's a bit rougher in the edges, maybe he doesn't always get the credit he deserves. And, you know, you have to hand it to them as well. In terms of, when you look at the list of quality defenders they've lost, in recent years in particular, like you think of Johnny Cooper, Philly McMahon, Keane O'Sullivan, you know, the transition there has been seamless, even though like the big part of the puzzle has been that man Stephen Cluxton coming back in as well. Um, you know, Saturday was his thirteenth championship clean sheet in a row and he's going for the big one four now against Kerry and he's going for all Ireland medal number nine. I think himself and Simons and McCarthy can get that ninth medal. It'll, it'll be the first um Popular's ever to get there, like so. Would be there's a yeah. there's a lot of history at play here. It doesn't so. seem possible, but there you go. You know, yeah. you, you would have thought yeah. even when we were growing up, you know, that that's <laughs> if you get your hands on one, you're doing well. Uh, you know, it just seems uh, crazy, but listen, that it, it's it's been totally deserved. Yeah, absolutely. Like you know, and like Buxton's such an enigma. You know, when he went away, everyone thought, oh, that's it. We'll never see him again." Like you know, but. He just waltzes back in as number 16 in the Leinster Championship game against Louth. And next thing he's back in the team. And once he got back in the team, he was never going to be out of the team again, was he? Yeah. You know, it's probably hard for those younger keepers trying to come through. But like, you know, what he's done and to come back and not even reinvent himself, but to just come back and, you know, 
portray it that he's just it's like he's never been away you know what a fella um like the, the two of you came up against him many times as well lads like you know it's it's hard to believe he's still going i think he turns 42 in december so it's just Seriously. unbelievable what a, what a talent what a career he's had there you know just on about all them forwards were, were shut down or their, their forward play paul of course uh the one that wasn't uh on the day uh, was Costello and six six points from six six shots in that first half you know and you just think even taking that out of it you know uh, adding to the brilliance of McManus there might have been something for Monaghan to grip on the the fact that they couldn't get a couldn't get a goal as well that that had huge sway in it he was the only one that really shone in that forward line he was the only one that shone and look if you're nitpicking and in hindsight it, it's great we all look back now and look, look at the effect that Cormac Costello had in the game and, and especially in the first half and you know maybe ask the question as I say in hindsight you know Ryan O'Toole sitting on the bench you know was he a better man marker you know on the lake of Cormac Costello than Conor Boyle who has got used to playing in the half-back line for Monaghan um, from centre-half or wing-back and he, he, he does a lot of go-forward go work for Monaghan so look Costello was having a was having a big impact. Um, he, he was the guy that was getting the scores and keeping keeping um, you know, Dublin taking over when Monaghan were stifling them and where Monaghan were taking the, the energy out of their attacks. Uh, he was the one guy that was standing up and, and kicking those points. So, as you know, that was highlighted and, and rightfully so in, on the Sunday game last night. And look, it, it, it is something that Monaghan will, will look back on. But, you, you know, it's a game of football. There's so many things, you know, makes up a game. There's so many things that happen, you know, the referees calls, sort of chances missed. I think overall you have to, you know, balance it all up with, with how the game went. Monaghan will look back and say that there was opportunities there to get more scores on the board and they, they probably, you know, on, on a different day they would have hit the back of the net, you know, it just didn't, didn't happen for them. Um, you know, and those were the those were the chances that you felt that Monaghan needed uh, to to really you know get, get under Dublin skin more. And look, they might have had a favour six point lead going in at half time. Who knows would that have been enough? Because you know Dublin, you'd you'd have to expect what it came with something more earlier in in the game. I, I was quite surprised by how, and I, I'm not sure if it's a vulnerability in Dublin's game, but Monaghan actually dominated possession. And you know, I, I was expecting Dublin to come after Monaghan a hell of a lot more you know and they really you know right up through, through that third quarter as you mentioned Jason like Monaghan were owning possession playing it on their terms slowing it right down to, to the way that Monaghan have liked to do uh, in this campaign and you know playing to their to their system you know I, I didn't feel Dublin was going to let Monaghan do that but they, you know that they did and it, it took to the last now they, they ended up getting it right you know the time they're on and the, the, you know they come in in the last 10 minutes and you know got the scores that they, were, that they needed but if things had went differently you know um, you know they, they might have found themselves in a, in a worse uh, spot, but it's all hearsay. And as I say, it's it's grand talking about these things now. In hindsight, you know, I think say Monaghan probably and, and, and the management team probably got ninety nine point nine percent of the calls right on the day. And you know, it just it just wasn't enough. So yeah. I, I guess you just have to look at it as a, as I say, a game of football. That there's so many things happening within the game. The, the air gets thinner uh, at that stage, like all Ireland semi final in, in Crow Park. Park, you know the place was rocking. Um, the dubs were in. Um, I could count a few a few seats, uh, maybe up on the top rows mm -hmm. that were missed. You know that were empty. Like, but out from that, it was a full house. And you know the 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 boys in blue were, were giving it socks on the hill every time Monaghan went to you know Rory Begging etc. Went to take a free kick and Connor and that. And you know to, to their credit, they, they stood up and you know nailed a lot of their kicks and even with that pressure on them. So that's just the nature of the game. It's it's the nature of the stage that you're at at the All Ireland semi final and. You know, it played out the way it did.
Yeah, yeah, they were indeed, even though the Meath crowd tried and take a few of them out, uh, just me a few flares, but um, you know, just, just just on that last 10 minutes, you know, before we flip over to the Derry game there, one five to two points. Uh, listen, Vinnie Corey did unload the bench. He realised that there was going to be an opening up of the match and tried his best to stem the fl- tide, but as we spoke about, the class that was on the pitch then just was going to prove too much in the end. Yeah, absolutely. Like, you know, I thought, you know, like the likes of Kieran Kilkenny must be very annoyed that he's not starting for Dublin now. It's something he hasn't been used to in recent times. And when you throw a player like that in, into the fray, like later on, like he has in the last two games, he's kind of like a man possessed when he comes in. And McCaffrey's getting better and better all the time. He got a great score. And that, that kind of seemed like a bit of a turning point for Dublin as well when he got that. And like, not only does it bring in the fresh legs, it seemed to kind of lift everybody else. Um, you know, and as you said, when the likes of Pascal didn't fire, uh, like the likes of Fenton then stood up and, you know, Dean Rock is a man who can't be happy with having to sit on the bench either. And, you know, if, if he's just going to be that impact player now, so be it. But like all those great Dublin teams under Jim Gavin, it was always when they rolled out the cavalry and those all earning findings against Mayo where they actually won, they always won those, those games. Like, and it's, it's back to that again. Like, and Dublin seemed to be missing that a bit maybe in the last two years. When they lost those all Ireland semi finals against Mayo and Kerry last summer, because the likes of McCaffrey and Mannion in particular weren't there, and they've had Basquiat step up big time this summer, even though he didn't have a good game at the weekend. You can bet your bottom dollar he'll be he'll be you know feeling a bit of hate to maybe keep his place in the team for the final. So you know that that Dublin training ground over the next two weeks is going to be a very interesting place to be, to say the least, and. You know, Jack O'Connor was speaking afterwards, saying like that they didn't bring all these lads back to the crack and back for the cracks, should I say? And like Pat Gilroy's back in there as well, and you know, a man who's such a deep thinker of the game and a genius of a coach in many ways. And he seems to be the fixer, Jason Inning, that's needed. He sorts it out. He brings people back in. He seems to be this person just knits everything together. That's what you hear in the background, and then he is carrying the water. You know. So humble then, if you like, you know, he doesn't want to be the man that's, 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 but behind the scenes, the words that you hear is that he orchestrated a lot of these guys to come back in. Yeah, I wouldn't doubt that for a second either. Like, do you know what I mean? Um, like, you know, you've heard stories of times in the past as well when Jeremy Connolly would have been a bit rough around the edges, but it was always Gilroy who could keep him in check and get the very, very best out of him and make, make sure he always had that commitment and, you know, what a player he turned out to be. And he always credits Gilroy as one of the main influences in his career because obviously they were club mates at St. Vincent's as well. But Dublin have been very coy and cute and very quiet about what his exact role is mm. uh, in the setup. But I'd say just having him there as a man manager and sounding board for a lot of the players, particularly the younger ones, it's, I'd say his impact in there is more than we'll ever know. Yeah, certainly. Paul, you know, you, you were saying, obviously, from a Mono perspective, you were heading up there to win the match. The Derry camp uh, went down very much under the radar this season. You know, for a team that won back-to-back Ulsters, there was very little talk about them, very, uh, you know, um, business-like performance, you know, without ever setting the world alight against Cork. So they went into this game, a bit like yourselves, team of, teams of them written off, you know, and they really, again, took the game to Dublin. Were you, were you anyway surprised by that? A lot of us were thinking it could be very cagey given Derry's last few performances at Crow Park, but it was anything but. And I think they're realising, a bit like Monaghan, you've got to go and take the game two teams. Otherwise, you're going to be just worn down and beaten. So, again, an, an unbelievably uh, brave performance from from the Derrymen. 
Yeah, seriously brave. Uh, they really took the game to to carry. There was no such thing as them sitting back and trying to defend or you know keep keep Clifford quiet by doubling or tripling up on him. They they, they left Chrissy McKeague to his own devices as such, and they, they, they went after Kerry. Um, uh, Gareth McInnes was was outstanding the whole game through. Like he really carried the fight to to, to Kerry. Uh, numerous occasions, he got the, the the early set up the early goal for Brendan Rodgers and was very very unlucky not to to get it on the on the on the score sheet himself with a goal um, in the second half. And young Toner maybe you know with McKinless again right at the bottom of it, you know could have could have uh, made the game that bit different had had those chances gone in. So very look, it was perfectly set up for them, wasn't it? Like no more than Monaghan, everybody writing them off, which was was probably a tad unfair, like Monaghan. But you know, when, when you're in that setup, you know you can use that to your advantage. And I'm sure they were knuckling down, you know, feeling that they weren't getting much respect for the for what they put in over the last couple of years. And um, as I say, hearing the all let all the outside noise, like the media and and the the, the supporters, maybe chat, you know, let them you know let them have a cry about it, possibly. But the, the Derry footballers and the, the management team, I'm sure, were you know licking their lips and, and really knuckling down to the task. And you could see that that's what they did. They, you know, they did they held no fear for Kerry. That they come out, to, they went to win the game, and it was credit to them. That they'll feel probably feel more grieved than Monaghan this morning or to this afternoon evening uh, that. They probably would feel that they left it behind them because they had umpteen chances, you know, with both goals and points later on in the game. You know, they put themselves in a really prominent position, and you know, put, you know, they had Kerry under all sorts of pressure and trouble, um, and just just weren't able to get the, the scores when they needed the most. Um, and then, you know, K- K- Kerry just you know having the answers, like you know, same as Dublin when when, when you know the, the game was coming to that final stages and, and they come to the melting point, you know, they they were they had the guys to step up and, you know, Stephen O'Brien had a massive impact from from uh, you know from the second half and, you know, Clifford being the guy that he is, like he he's just absolutely off the charts, lads, yeah. in terms of uh, some of the points he's kicking and the pressure that he's under while he's taking them on. Um, you know, he he's 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 gonna be a real thorn in Dublin side, as we know, it's kind of a it's, it's, that that goes without saying, like, but you know who they're going to get to actually pick them up is is something that we can look forward to uh, seeing unfold. But from a Derry point of view, they can be very proud of their efforts, but I'm sure they're they're well disappointed this evening that they didn't actually get over the line. Yeah, yeah. Listen, it was a huge chance. It is new year on, but evolution and and Derry coming and getting better. And as, as Paul was saying there, you know, McKinnis, of course, uh, uh, McCluskey, Rogers, McGuigan, some of the performances there were top top drawer. Everybody. We're doing their job. The one, Chris McKeague, you can't fault him. He did his job to the best any defender. You just can't legislate for that. But what 11 at half time? Like, I, you know, I couldn't believe this. I was rushing back from the ladies' game in, in Bal Buffet. And, like, I was never expecting that. And I was just saying to Paul there, but Monaghan's 13 points, you know. Listen, you know, they had that kicked at half time. And I was thinking to myself, well, if we do that again, you know, they, this they're going to be an All Ireland final, of course. It was only four points in there. They were managed to muster up in the second half and really. You know, they just seemed to run out of out of steam. Kerry seemed to grasp that wee bit of a hold of, of the game. And of course, you know, you're, you're mentioning, um, of course, Clifford Graham Sullivan, Sean O'Shea when when the game opened up as well. I thought was telling, but he needed that bit of space. And I suppose that Derry rigid, rigid defence just opened enough to allow those few gaps to come through. But again, it was Derry's best performance of the season. We hadn't really seen it coming. But again, as Paul was saying about Man, and they were coming to get into an All-Ireland final, even though the rest of us weren't expecting it. Yeah, absolutely, Brendan. Like, you know, we were 
we were talking to Kieran Mina after the game and he was just absolutely devastated and shock was the word he used because they fully expected and, you know, he fully expected standing on the line with 10 minutes to go that they were going to be in that final against Dublin in two weeks. As you said, all their big players were just absolutely outstanding. Uh, McKinless, you know, was just absolutely superb. Connor McCloskey as well. Um, you know, Kieran McFall was back blocking on the line when, when Kerry were coming through. Like, and, you know, there was a lot of near misses in that second half. Like you said, they, they racked up on 11 in the first half. They did six wides in the game and five of those came in the second half. There yeah. was something about when they were kicking into that whole 16 end. The ball just didn't seem to go over the bar. And Neil Toner kind of swayed at a decent goal chance when they were, when they were a point in front. And that would have opened up a four point gap. And then, McKinnis went through again and, you know, Jeremy O'Connor gets back for Kerry and produces a, a mammoth block. And then when they're two points up with six minutes to go, like Kerry are coming through and that's when McFall makes the block to deny Jason Foley, I think it was. And then McKinnis is done for a stupid free. Like, I didn't think it was a free at all. The dairy ones were going off the head about it. And, uh, you know, Kerry popped that over and then it's back to a point and then they get five points in a row after that. That's right. Uh, you know, Stephen O'Brien was outstanding when he came on, in fairness. He really, really settled the shift because Kerry were getting battered on that right side of defence. Graham O'Sullivan and Paul Murphy, like, you know, when Derry ran at them, Kerry were getting really, really, like, the holes were being punched left, right and centre. But again, like, just no more than the dubs the day before, but maybe even on a, on a finer level, just Clifford and O'Shea. And Stephen O'Brien, when he came on, just absolutely excellent. Like like some of the things Clifford was doing yesterday, I was there. Like the first two scores he got were yeah. probably the best two. Yeah. Um, you know, just you can't do anything about it. No, nothing. Yeah. Like yeah. he was just dancing in front of Chrissy and just bang over the bar with the left foot. Like there's a picture of him. Um, there's a picture of him that's doing the rounds in social media today. Like, and it's just it just defies logic. You you nearly need you nearly need to get the foam roller out for the arms yeah. and just be looking at it like it's, you know, he's he's just absolutely outstanding. And you know, some of us some of us has to work on a Monday. You see, you're you're having the crack across social media. <laughs> yeah. You know, like me and Paul out in the road there, Stephen. Paul, I know you're at an underage game there. Do you have to fly on? I, I actually I could could uh, need need to no Paul I know your, I know uh, you're listen Paul mighty stuff I know you're 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 catching up your your young lads playing there I appreciate you have to go Paul as ever thanks so much for for those words hey, and I'll catch up with you later on the year right thanks lads thanks Top so man Paul Finley Good there Monaghan legend still going well with Bally Bay watch out there in the Monaghan Club Championship now <laughs> that left foot's going to be going. Jason, would you hang on there? We're going to take a quick break. Yep. I want to just ask you a few questions about Donegal as well, if you have a minute. Lovely. Good man. The DL Debate with Sister Sarah's Letterkenny. Serving food you'll love till 9pm daily in Sarah's Kitchen. And there's free admission entertainment every weekend. Yes, welcome back. Final few minutes of the show. I'm joined still by the one and only... Jason Byrne. Jason, uh, you've had to go a long way for a good woman, which is part of life, you know. You're away out in Athlone there. How's life down there? Ah, oh, good, DB. Good. Yeah, we're getting married in three weeks, so it's, Brilliant. it's all good at the minute. Yeah, yes, it's all boy. good. So. Yes, boy. Stag's done without any hindrance. You had a wee, you had a wee speed wobble to stag. Had you? Everything went well. 
Everything went well, yeah. I think we only had one hospitalization in the rest, so like I would have taken that on the Friday. I think you told reason, me about that. I was trying to think. You weren't there. <laughs> <laughs> just as well, like, just as well. A quick question there, Donald Ward just asking on Facebook there, do you think Kerry will target any Dublin players like they did Shane McGuigan? I, I'm not too sure if that was a targeting or it seemed to be a couple of them collisions came from different players. It was if McGuigan was in the wrong place at the wrong time or did you think he was targeted? No, I don't think he was targeted. I just think the way the way that Shane Ryan was coming through with the ball, that you know McGuigan was just a bit deeper than he was, and you know you could see why a free could have been given. But just you know, Kerry will make the argument that Ryan was kind of protecting himself. But it's just the fact that he happened to put the ball over the bar then that Derry probably felt a wee bit more aggrieved by it. But then, like on the flip side of that is. Uh, Clifford was was booked for a challenge on McGuigan that probably looked like a bit of a harsh booking, so maybe those two kind of cancelled each other out. But yeah. the the main ones, the the, the main one that the, the dairy people kind of feel agreed with was the one when McKinless was judged to have fouled uh, yeah. Stephen O'Brien, and that that point could carry back within one, and then when they kicked the five in a row, so like the the Shane Ryan incident in particular is getting a lot of airtime today. But I think it's just the fact that he scored that maybe. Dairy supporters and a few people think it should have been flagged. Like, but you know, maybe he was protecting himself as well. But he, he plays outfield for his club. A lot of people forget that too. So he probably knew well what he was at. Yeah, yeah. Listen, it was it, there was a couple of great kicks. Uh, this this keeper thing, I still can't get my head around it. We didn't even mention Began uh, yeah. in the last chat. You know, and listen, uh, that's serious. Just now, I want to want to ask you a question just about Donegal. Before I get there, just can you give us your your winner in the final? Are you, are you aging like the rest of us? Well, I am annoyed towards the dubs, but what are, what are you thinking? And this is just on the back of maybe the semi-final last year when Dublin were missing the, all those players, Mannion, McCaffrey, you know, and, and obviously Con was injured as well. Now, you can't just judge a game on a game, but it looked like Dublin maybe had that extra bit there that Kerry hadn't. And from the semi-final, I'm still thinking that way. What's, what's, your, uh, what's your head telling you? I'm ba- based on the weekend purely, the way I'm leaning slightly towards Kerry because... I think they came up against a more skilled outfit in Derry, and that's no disrespect for for, for Monaghan. Like Monaghan were outstanding as well. Um but I think just Dublin's performance in some aspects of their play on Saturday will definitely worry them. Uh I think Kerry have a lot to improve on, obviously, as well. You know, they've only conceded two goals in this championship, but Derry could have got three or four yesterday. And, you know, Paddy Talley will will be fuming over that uh, when they're training down in down in the centre of excellence between Tralee and Killarney over the next two weeks. But yeah. you know, I think you know Kerry don't really have any injuries coming into the final either, and Dublin have no really high profile ones either. But I think like some of Kerry's lads don't get a lot of the plaudits. Like Gavin White was outstanding, uh, you know, and their midfielder surviving very well without David Moore. Jeremy mm. O'Connor's really really improving and stepped up to that mantle. Jack Jack Barry didn't have his best day yesterday. He can only get better. A few lads like Dara Moynihan and Adrian Spillane have a bit to touch up on as well. But once David Clifford's in the pitch, yeah, as you said, there's there's nothing you can do about it when he's in form, and he's only going to be better in two weeks. So I I think he can be the difference. Yeah, yeah, could be right, could be right. I could be wrong. You never know, Jason. I'll, I'll actually, yeah. you've, you've got me on the fence now. But listen, the wee question I want to fire you just at the end. Um, Jason, was the fact that you're Donegal man, obviously you're steeped in GA, Kelly Beggs, and, and your work now. How did you see the Donegal saga this year playing out around the rest of the country? Because it was a wee bit of dirty washing, you know, being aired and all that there. What was your feeling looking at it from outside the county? 
Um, well, obviously, like I was always looking at it as a Donegal man, but the reaction everywhere else, like I was going to games in Galway and going to games like all around Leinster and Connacht and, you know, everyone was coming over to you saying, what's the story in Donegal? Like every single game you went to, four or five people were coming up to you from county board folk to ex-players to other journalists to everything. Uh, you know, the Academy Saturday was probably the big one, um, you know, and you always had the shadow of Murphy retiring kind of hanging over everything. But the Academy Saturday was the big one. And then obviously you had Paddy Carr leaving as manager with just a league game to go and the team all pretty much relegated. But, you know, in terms of on the pitch, that result down in Ennis was massive for the group because they just couldn't buy a win. You know, they had that great win against Kerry and that dirty night in Bob Buffet in the league, but it just all went downhill from there. But, you know, for the group, I remember chatting to one band after that win in Ennis and it just meant so much to them. And I was delighted for them uh, for that. Like, And then beating Monaghan as well really put them into to bonus territory, even though they got that big reality check again against uh, Tyrone and Bob Buffet. But like, the only way is up. And we were chatting to Michael Murphy last week. He was doing promotions for the, the minor All-Ireland final. And, you know, he said, and I think no one will disagree with him, the big thing is now is to not let the managerial saga roll on again mm. as it did last year. Because... That could, that had such a big impact on the twenty three twenty three campaign, and they can't let it happen again. So hopefully that appointment is made swiftly and made properly. Um, I have no idea who's going to be in the frame for it. Murphy admitted as well. No one's going to be queuing up for it. Maybe that's maybe that's the case. I'm not sure. I've been so busy with everything else, I haven't had time to delve into it. But like, just that appointment now is vital because. They're going to have a stronger squad next year, regardless. With the lads who have to come back in, so. That's a good thing to look forward to. A lot of young players got really vital championship experience this year. In terms of the academy, hopefully that whole thing gets back up and running. There's an external review that's on the table. There's a lot of fines from it that need to be addressed. That's going to take a long time. All this will come. The light's at the end of the tunnel after a dark few months. And hopefully across the board, not just for the senior team, but for everyone involved in Donegal GA, things can be on the up and we can we can get back... Um, talking about football matters instead of things that are going on in the boardroom and everything else. There's a lot of great people in the county board who are dedicated their lives to this thing. So, you know, hopefully everything can just start on that upward curve again for 2024 and we can we can get excited about Donegal again because the county as a whole has just taken an awful kick in this year. And, you know, we don't want that. No one wants to see that. It's an amateur organisation. There's volunteers left, right and centre. And, you know... Hopefully, hopefully we can all be positive in our, our chat about Donegal again next year because it has been a very, very tough time for for everyone involved. Yeah, we're just down the last minute, Jason. If you just take it, you know, there's, there's an implementation as you said, the advice from that uh, Crow Park um, look into our setup and 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 the fallout between the academies. That there's now been a group set up from outside the com- com- county to go implement that. Yeah. look at a strategy, which I was a bit surprised at. That seems like you're taking it to another level in terms of we can't do anything for ourselves. I wasn't I wasn't uh, that happy about that. But just, you know, if we get those players back, those six or seven players missing, you know, where Donegal competed, particularly that game they beat Monaghan, you know, there is a core group there. You know, we're just down to the last 30 seconds. But it's still a job where Donegal now, kind of, I'm not just saying the only way is up, you can't take that for granted, but certainly with the progression of the team now and getting those players all back, you know, you could go back to Division 1. Yeah, absolutely. Like, Division 2 will be a great place for those players to come back in. And, 
to start this transition again, like, you know, and like there's there's a spine of a great team there as it is between Owen Ban, Sean Patton, Jason McGee, Michael Langan, like Oshin Gallen was phenomenal. Yeah. Hopefully Ryan McHugh. Jamie Brennan at eleven in. seemed to work in those last couple of games too. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Like Big McGonagall. My own club mate Hugh McFadden three, yeah. like can play in various different roles and you know, it'd lobby down to the, the manager who comes in as to what he does and how he solves all these various pieces of the puzzle. So you know, I'm excited about next year. I think Division Two is a great place for them to kind of hit reset, and hopefully they go straight back up to Division One because that is going to be vital as well. Yes, indeed. We hope that too, Jason. Listen, as ever, thanks so much, and good luck with the wedding in a few weeks' time, my man. Lucky lady, I'll tell you. <laughs> Cheers, <DJ. Thank laughs> good man. That's Jason Byrne there. Fair play, Liam. Columnist with the the Sun. Thanks so much for his input tonight, and my other guests. Thanks very much to Kevin Fury for producing head of sport. Ashing Kelly, stay tuned for the excellent Monday night sessions. I'll speak to you next week with more DL debate. The DL Debate with Sister Sarah's Letterkenny, serving food you'll love till 9pm daily in Sarah's Kitchen. And there's free admission entertainment every weekend.